Hello and welcome to the Not A Clone Podcast, where we discuss curating a more spiritual and individual life. My name is Bahomi Fawahimi, and this is episode 007. Today I'm joined by two of my good friends from college. Uh, one of them is an elementary school teacher in Garland, Texas, and the other is student teaching just like me right now. We have Alyssa Wiseman and Clark Preston. Guys, it's good, it's, good to, it's good to see y'all. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, man, you're so busy with your Flower Mound stuff, man. Hey, they're, they were still there when I left. They told me to go home, but they work crazy Wait. long hours. Why were they still there? Well, they were probably sorting through stuff. Also, like, the Brent and Jenna, the head and second director, are, like, best friends, so they hang out a bunch. Also, Brent lives, like, right behind the school, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, today we're going to talk about patience, uh, patience in terms of your job, since Alyssa does teach elementary school kids, so I can imagine that requires a large amount of patience. Sometimes. And then you two are actually together as a couple, so I'm pretty sure there are times where you guys have to be patient with each other as well. So I guess we can just start off with that. So Alyssa, you're giving me a look right now. No, so. just Okay, but I mean, so can you just talk about how you guys' relationship has evolved over the years and how you've had to, like, just adapt to one another and learn how to manage things together and yeah. stuff? Well, I think, <clears throat> obviously, every relationship is different, but we were best friends prior to dating, and so that get to know you and, like, each other's, like, quirks as people that kind of happened before we were dating, so we just kind of hit the ground running, and, but the the first year of our relationship was in college, and I don't, I don't think that was super demanding, like. No, because, I mean, our schedules were different, so we weren't actually around each other, like, 24-7 or anything, so, like, every chance we got to spend time with each other was it was easy to really like grab onto that and make the most out of it. Cause it wasn't as much as we wanted. Um, the, the patient side of things happened a little later when we could spend more time with each other. But even then it, at least for me, it was more like the more comfortable I got around you. I was never really like annoyed with what you were doing. I was always more self analyzing what I was doing. So that kind of helped a lot. Yeah, I and I think because we've been dating for a little over than three years now, so it's like, hey, all right, yeah, been, uh, it does not feel it like that. Feel like that long. <laughs> it's been three years since we lived together, Bali. Dude, <laughs> oh man, for all the listeners, man, Clark and I used to live together in the dorm, <laughs> and then he started dating Alyssa, and it was a and great time, yeah. and then he disappeared. But it's Sorry. okay, it's fine. Well, well, I think our relationship kind of like separated into like chapters of like the tech chapter where we're both there and then the long distance chapter which was like the most recent one prior to us both being in dallas but like so let's talk about that for a second so you guys were apart for how long a year and a half Um, a year and a half wasn't that long yeah because it was my student teaching semester plus my first year of teaching oh wow yeah the whole year i was still in tech yeah and yeah i think that required a lot. I mean, I know both of us, Clark and I, use like 
dealt with it differently because you've done a long distance relationship and a long term relationship before. That's true. Whereas I had not done either of those things, especially long distance. I had never experienced that. So there was a lot of times where I was like, am I cut out for this? Uh, and it I was, was it was so different though. Like I I know I I had done it before, but it was way different. Yeah, yeah, it was not the same kind of thing at all. Yeah, so Clark, you dated a girl beforehand with um and yeah, like the whole thing in and, high school yeah. for a really long time, and we were long distance my whole freshman year. But um, honestly, the more I think about it, that freshman year, like she was so involved with senior year of high school, and I was so involved with trying to figure out who I was going to be in college that. Even though, like, like we still talked all the time and we were still dating, the relationship wasn't really happening anymore. And, um, like, um, I just, she ended up deciding that um, she couldn't make that work anymore amidst a bunch of other things that we don't need to go into. But yeah. Um, yeah. it was, it's so much different than with Alyssa. Because we were both, and we talked about it a lot, but we were both really dedicated to the idea of making this work. And also the difference between being six hours apart, especially with her family living close to oh, tech, yeah. and the difference between, like, you know, half of the country oh, yeah. and no attempt, no really, uh, no real ability to visit each other. I don't know. But yeah. Alyssa worked super hard on like coming to see me i couldn't really do that yeah yeah, yeah. so it was you, it was much harder on her but would you say that that whole relationship you had before prepared you for the relationship you had with Alyssa? um i guess yeah because i'd experienced the like being around someone and relying them relying on them as a physical presence around you and then not having that there anymore and the best I knew the best ways for me to deal with that already. Mm -hmm. So I guess that did make a huge difference. See, the way I look at it is like, yeah, the long distance part of our relationship required, like, it was hard. It wasn't easy because, like, we weren't together. But, um, but I would never say that, like, there was a part of our relationship that I just really needed patience to deal with. You know, but also that being, no. he's saying, uh, yeah, I've had, I was thinking. <laughs> no, but like that being said, I, I look back and like, because we're like processing this verbally, I'm like thinking, no, there's not really a part that I've needed a lot of patience for, but I can definitely see that Clark's been super patient with me. Like, and, and maybe he's the same way where he looks back and he doesn't feel like he's had to be super patient, but he might think that I have. So it might, might be like, because we love each other, we don't feel like we're being super patient. That being said, if we're thinking about the chapters of our relationship, the tech chapter and the long distance chapter and the current chapter where we're living together and we're like... We definitely lead different lives. Like, we don't get to see each other during the day at all. Some days, like today... We're like, like the entire fall. Or, yeah, <laughs> it's a marching band. But, like, today, I didn't, like... I'm sure I said something this morning, but I don't remember. Like, there's some no, days no. that we don't, like, don't get to talk at all. Um, I think right now, we're needing to be more patient with each other. With diff just being... Because, like, in college, we um, spent a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like, living together wasn't a huge 
step in like us having to get comfortable with each other all the time like like stepping on each other's toes and like stuff like that just being around each other all the time that wasn't a huge um big difference for us but i do feel like like little things just especially because i have been living here for a year before he even got here so it was a like transition for me to be like now this other human is in my space and i don't want to give up my room like i don't want to give up my storage yeah actually that's probably been because when usually when it comes to like a conflict or a disagreement between us we get over stuff really fast Mm -hmm. like we're really good at talking things through which is super important to me because of my parents but um man (laughs) Figuring out where my stuff was going to go. <laughs> we still really <laughs> yeah, haven't figured this out. <laughs> yeah, it's still not the way it should be. And that's probably the most patient she's been with me. It's just my stuff is everywhere. But it's also I'm like... I'm a mess right now. That being said, I, I'm not here because of marching band. Yeah. But, but, but also, over, but. like, with me having to be patient with that, it's like... I, on the other hand, it's not like I'm not looking at it like I'm having to be so patient because his stuff is everywhere. It's more like... I'm being pretty mean about the fact that I don't want to share my space with him. But um, but I think in terms of what you just said, like we get over conflict pretty easily. What I think is like funny and a little bit dumb about a relationship in a good way is that like the things we fight about, if we get heated, it's about like where we're going to go to get food. Or like or, what movie we're going to watch. Or like... Um, a Star is like, Born and Taco Bell. There you oh, go. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Well, we know that. <laughs> but like little things Dang. like that. We get, if we're tense about something in our day, we usually don't fight about that. We usually fight about like little things because of a buildup of something else. But if it's like something serious, we're super level-headed about it. And I think we both try to be super careful with each other because we don't want to hurt each other at all. Like yeah. we're very careful about that kind of stuff and. Like, if I ever need a second to cool off, I, I take it. Like, we don't... I will say there there was... I th- I'm thinking of, like, one specific time where we were, like, pretty... We were, like... And we were both, like, not saying what we wanted to because we, like, didn't want to, like... And so yeah. we just, like, walked away. And then, like, five minutes later, we came back and we are like, okay... Like that, I, I I think that's only happened like once or twice. Or, I don't know, but like no. That being said, like the traditional, I suppose, things that you fight about as a couple, we haven't really faced those yet. Yeah, no. So we've had it easy. Yeah, it's not like we have shared bank accounts or we're like making huge like no, moving no. decisions yeah, or not jobs or yeah. Yeah, so. but like, but I think it's important that. With patience, there comes like a level of understanding, like with any torts, any type of relationship that you have. And you guys have pretty much got like a good foundation. It's going to get rocky at some point, but like you guys have gotten to a point where like it's not like, oh man, I'm going to kill her when I see oh, yeah. her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've but, ever felt like You know that. what's stupid? And this is like coming from a place of immaturity for me. And this is, wasn't recently or anything. I mean, I guess so. It was, like, last semester. It's when I, like, think about our relationship, and I'm, like, if I ever get mad, or if I ever got mad, I don't even remember, like, what I was mad about, but if I ever got mad, I was, like, but you know what? If I bring this up to Clark, we're not going to fight about it. We're just going to discuss it, like, level-headed adults, and I'm not going to get this fire out. I'm not going to get to, like, fight it out, and, like, part of me would, like, want to pick a fight. Like, I want us to fight. For no reason. 
And it's like that. I don't feel that so way. Do you now. Think, okay. Did you think that fighting is a healthy thing or something? Of course like at the not. Time, or, 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 at, at the time, at the time, I was like, I just wanna, I just wanna it's, yell. You it's know, it's not good to get into it about actual serious things. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the reason why I think that, like, I really enjoy bickering with you about dumb stuff. Yeah. Like, we the most recent one actually wasn't really about dinner because we haven't gotten into it about it yet. We just like try to make each other pick because we're exhausted from our day. It was the fact that every time we sit down for a movie night, I <laughs> because I like to consider myself a connoisseur, if a you will, bad, bad movies. horror movies, bad horror movies and, and bad action bad. movies. And um, one of my best friends, Corey and Corey Anderson, and then another one, Jack Sears, and I will just sit down and watch the world's worst movies and like spend whole nights doing it. And it's one of my favorite things in the world. And she falls asleep during movies so, all the time. So normally, Almost I just get movie. like, like I we end up picking what I want. But she got so mad at me because she likes romance movies a lot and romantic comedies, which I I do not. I they make me uncomfortable. Like I the whole secondhand embarrassment and thing. And we is have real been funny. dating for three years and we have never watched like a romance. We've watched movie. one. No, we have not. Yes, we have. What? White Christmas. That is a Christmas movie. And also a romantic comedy. Okay, okay. So like Clark, do you not like romantic comedies? Not at no, all. No. But like, dude, but Twenty Seven Dresses is so funny. <laughs> almost every time I sit down to watch one, something happens within the first at least like max twenty minutes of the movie that makes me so uncomfortable because that's like a personal issue with me that I had like. But you also have to consider it. like he actively doesn't like those movies, but I actively don't like his bad action movies. Either. No, she's just nicer than me. Yeah. Wow. I'm yeah. glad you admitted that on audio so the whole world knows that you just said that. About wait, movies. Movies. Wait, wait. What's that movie with Channing Tatum? Uh, um, when the girl loses um, her memory. The one where he's a stripper or, or um, the one where he's... That's Magic Mike. Um, <laughs> okay. Wow. No, I've never seen it. But, um... Ah, what is um, it called? It's not Dear John. It's, um... No. Time Traveler's Wife? No, I no, don't no, know. No, the only no, one I can think of where someone doesn't have the memory is that Adam Sandler one. Oh, Fifty First Dates? Yeah, that no, one. Never seen no, man. But I just love yeah. those kind of movies. And it was over Thanksgiving because I like, Which I got my wisdom teeth out. Oh, no, it's not. But the most recent. I got my wisdom teeth out and um, I was here alone because he was in Florida and Katie was gone. And I was just like watching all the movies I never get to watch. And I was like, I was like crying by myself. I'm like, I love these movies. And I was texting him like, I'm so mad that we've never done this. But like... Okay, but this is what happens. We have this conversation, and then, and I have said this before, even if you don't remember it. I say, I will absolutely watch these with you. And then every time we sit down for a movie, you go, I'm going to fall asleep. You should just pick what you want to watch. Not every time. 98% of it the does time. happen. <laughs> but not every okay, time. Okay, then you can't get mad then. Oh, yes, you can. I mean, okay, you have every right to get upset, but. Oh, okay. I'm that's just, just gonna, that. That's, that's just. Well, that's yeah. Okay. When I let yeah, him, yeah. when I let him, yeah, we just don't. Yeah, anyway, as an example. Anyway, like back your patience. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Where there we go. Where it happens. Okay. Yeah, but like little things like that. Like I always talk about food, but like movies and like dishes and trash dishes. and clothes. And yeah, just... I see a pretty good pile of okay. right now. Okay. <laughs> that. Becomes more of a contention between us and our roommate. Yeah. Not specifically between. That's another aspect of patience too. Kind of like if if a conflict arises, having the patience to 
to approach things nicely, you know, mm-hmm. or like approach things in a way that's not going to like rattle the cage too much, but still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, that's cool. So let's say, let's, let's, uh, talk about our profession. We are, um, we want to be music educators. Uh, let me tell you, I know there's a lot that we can talk about. We're going to start with Alyssa okay. because she's an elementary school teacher and she, de- she deals with K through five no, every single day. That, that is not my age group either, which is why you're a very brave soul and we appreciate everything you do for the musical community. Um, because there are people like me and Clark who can just, we just can't. That's a level like, of patience that I would love to have, but I don't. So I have to ask, how do you do it? Um, well, first of all, when you mentioned that like you wanted the topic to be patience, my first thought was like, well, I get why you would ask Clark, but also I, my first thought was like jokingly, I'm not that patient, <laughs> but I would never classify myself as a patient human, but I also don't classify myself as impatient. So like... When I think about the kids, it's, I'm, like, not super patient with them. Like, <laughs> like I'm super um, – I've mastered the art of short, sweet, generic response in a lot of ways of, like, if a kid comes up and says, I rode my bike yesterday and made it sound like the most important thing, I'm like, wow, cool. Boom, that's it. It's just like, <laughs> like I'm just super, like, if if something like that happens, I'm very, like, short and sweet and generic. But I, that's something I try really hard to focus on, I guess, even academically in my classroom, if someone's not getting it. Sometimes, because, and this is just like a personal thing, not everyone's like this, but for me, some things in music have come naturally in a way that I don't know how to explain how a beat feels or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so if a kid doesn't totally, doesn't learn like I do, sometimes I go like, like, I don't know how to explain it in another way. And that's just Yeah, I feel like we all get like that because we've been doing this for a very long time. And now it's just like, we have to reciprocate what we're, what we've been doing naturally Mm -hmm. and we got to break it down to its core components so somebody else can understand it and then they don't get it. And you're just like, dang it, dang it. Can you please yeah. just be normal? Jazz swing. Jazz swing. You can, you can say it's like, yeah, eighth note triplets, but it's not. That's like the squares thing ever if you actually play it like a straight eighth note triplet. And it's like getting them to actually feel that difference. If they don't, I, I don't know what's Clark going. is very adamant about Apparently. swing. But Jacob, see, you also in the yeah. In the terms of like what you were just saying of like how a lot of people talk about elementary that way of like, I could never do it. You have so much patience. It's like, I don't really think I do. I think I like, I go to work the same way that a band director does. And I think a really important way of dealing with those little ones is like, not, I mean, like you have to treat them like babies because they are still babies. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to be patient with you babbling while I'm talking. You know, it's like, I'm not going to, I I don't, I'm not like excessively more patient with my students than you would be with yours, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard from a lot of elementary school teachers that 
if you just treat them like you do like any like normal human being, they're gonna mm-hmm. understand what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and you don't need to baby everything down for them all the time. Oh, like, yeah. You got you don't need to groom them and like pet them like a dog or anything because they're they're not they're human. And it's, it's and, a they, hard, and they get it. It's a hard line to like tiptoe on because you want to treat them like humans, and the kids, especially like my fourth and fifth graders, they really love it when I talk to them like adults mm-hmm. because I, I treat them like that yeah. a lot and I, I look at them I'm like you are young young adults like you you can make these decisions yep. like kind of like what we were talking about earlier about mm-hmm. how I talked about decisions all the time but yeah. um, but also you have to know when to treat them like they are in fourth grade because like sometimes because every day I'm with kindergarten through fifth grade my fifth graders feel like adults to me when earlier this morning I was singing about snails with five-year-olds so it's like the fifth graders feel like old like people to me and so I talk to them so differently and like like they are older and sometimes I have to realize yeah they are 10 they are 11 and like sometimes if I ever let them choose what game to play my older kids will be like do you know that game doggy doggy I'm like you mean the game I played with first grade today and they're like the one where you hide the bone? Yeah, we love that thing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you, you want to play doggy doggy. And so that, that happened last year where they just chose to be a child. Like, they show their childness sometimes. But I think, um, kind of, like I mentioned earlier, for the listeners who don't know, um, there was a super tragic thing that happened in my school where one of my students passed away this week. And it was this huge, It's it is a huge loss. And the kids... Like, they're, he was a fourth grader, and so it's like these nine-year-olds are dealing with this loss that no one should deal with at that age, or in general, you know, it's never easy. Yeah, but, like, I, I've i learned a lot about how people cope with loss, especially children, because the day it happened, I just kept saying, like, what do I say to these kids? Like, I don't even know what to do, because, like... I was also processing it myself. And so, like, I, like, our district really has given us a lot of support and the help that we need to, like, get through this. And it's really a positive thing. But what I'm, in, in terms of patience, it's like with loss, but also, like, with kids and loss, what I've learned this week is, like, yeah, if these kids want to talk about it, if they want to dwell on it, if, like, you let them all they want. But also, as adults, we have to be the ones that push them in the right direction. And so, because the day after all of this had happened, I was like, when fourth grade comes to music, do I treat them differently or do I go about it normal? And everyone was saying, no, you should be as normal as possible. If Like, like I said, if they want to bring it up and talk about it, you let them. But... If not, we need to be like a catalyst for them. We need to be able to push them in the right direction because otherwise they're going to stay in one spot and dwell on it and get darker and darker and deeper and it wouldn't be good. So we have to have that. We have to have patience in, in times like that to deal and take the time because like, like that saying like time can heal a broken heart, whatever. You take time mm-hmm. to deal with hurt and pain. And you need to be patient with yourself because if you're not ready, you're not ready. But also, you have to push out of that pain. Yeah. And I think it, it takes a certain wisdom and timing to figure out when to like when you're ready to do that. Yeah. But right. kids are 
Kids are crazy. Kids are crazy. They deal with things um, so differently. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's that's just elementary school. Oh, yeah. Like Clark and I, we can relate with middle school, high school, because that's where we've been for the past how many months, and it's been tragic sometimes. You know, when your kids are just acting like, you know, they're acting like fifth graders and everything. Mm-hmm. We have eighth graders acting like fifth graders, mm-hmm. and I tell them, can we please act like we're in the eighth grade? <laughs> But, you know, I mean, you guys hear from me a lot, so let's, let's have talk, Clark talk about what he's been witnessing well, in middle school and high school. It's it, it's weird, and it's hard it to kind weird. of process because yeah. of the difference in structure by the band directors. So at Flower Mound, they're really big on developing that personal accountability and really letting the kids take a little more responsibility and be a, and they're a little bit looser than other people. Flowermount is high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're a little more loose than other high schools. Um, not that like they let their kids do whatever they want or anything. It's still a very structured discipline program, but it's, it's just, uh, it reminds me almost not completely, but a little more like a college environment, especially with the upperclassmen. Now, the freshmen is obviously where most of that, like, needing patience and having them act way younger than they are, way, way younger than they are, Man. happens. In terms of it feeling like a college environment, do you mean the school in general or the way the band directors the do it? The band. Okay. The band, not the school. The way the band handles itself, especially with the student leadership, they have extremely mature young people that help run things. And it, it makes a huge, huge difference in um, just the ability of that program to function. Like those kids adapt so quickly and learn so quickly and they're so responsible. It's teaching them is a whole different beast than anything I've ever taught just because of the um, the just the, the rate of success and how quickly they work. Um, the middle school, and I, I've talked at length with the middle school directors about this, um, they're well aware of what happens at the high school and the way they run things, and um, they run a much tighter ship because they're trying to set up the right kind of behavior for the high school. The, um, the directors there view... Um, their program, the middle school program, which is one of the most successful in the country. They're, they're performing at the Midwest clinic this December. And, um, they actually, um, for those of you who don't know, Midwest is like one of the biggest music things in the world. And like, yeah, people internationally go into Chicago every December just to listen to groups that are just beyond this world play. Yeah, they're one of two groups from texas actually that are going which is super exciting that texas is maintaining that sense of that level of excellence but this is this is the second group that um the band directors at shadow ridge have taken the last one went in 2013 i want to say something like that so it's been a minute but um they've kept the program at a very high level and um but they're very structured and that some of that is personality but i mean it's the kids there act super mature but you don't see them acting like middle schoolers 
that setting very often. Like they, they really do flip that switch and that's, that's generated by the directors. And it's, it's something that they've taught me with our, with the pedagogy, like the, the way to run rehearsals and the way to run beginner classes and kind of that sense of discipline you need to, um, uh, instill in these kids from the very beginning. And so the reason the ninth graders sometimes can be a little bit crazy is they just went from this environment that is very controlled in the middle school, which I think is a necessity um, because of the level that they perform things and um, uh, the, you don't have the student leadership and you don't have the parents coming in and you have a smaller staff to a very large high school program where personal accountability is higher and you are, um, you're not as controlled per se, um, sometimes they can wig out a little bit and reining that in is a different process. Now, this, I mean, the seniors honestly take the brunt of that, like the upperclassmen mm -hmm. really help control their sections and they take a lot of pride in that, That's but good. not in a negative way. It's, it's different, but the amount of, I guess, personal, personal patience, it doesn't feel like it takes a lot. What I was worried about were the sixth graders going into the semester. Man. I was super worried about yep. it. And they're some of my favorite <laughs> classes to teach. Oh, yeah, same. I love yeah, my they're, kids. They're, they're, they're super great. It's because they're terrified of everything, but that's fine. Like, they're super wonderful kids. Dude, I mean, I, I can't say the same for my middle school because they're very daring and they're very energetic. And it's funny because you're talking about how, like, it's very structured at the middle school and then it's a little bit more loose at the high school. I would say it's a little bit of a flip where i'm at because right now like at the middle school we're trying to keep as many kids as we can and in order to do that we gotta let them love band in their own way and sometimes they're gonna be crazy and sometimes they're gonna do like just crazy things and we gotta tell them to calm down like we keep control over the situation it's like controlled chaos so that they feel welcome and they feel like this is an inviting environment because going back to fifth grade like everything was like go 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 like because elementary school is just like really really fast paced and everything and that's what they're used to you can mm -hmm. you can agree with that and they want to keep that same energy in the sixth grade and then they dwindle it down just a little bit as they get into seventh and eighth grade that way to keep the the members of the program in because like nowadays it's just the numbers game like bands are just trying to keep as many numbers as they can because that's what feels like the second director and the third directors at those schools so that's what we think about but then at clark middle school that, that's what they do is they try to keep the controlled chaos like under wraps and then once they get to the high school whether it's centennial high school or lebanon trail high school it it's more calmed down and like they kind of understand okay this is how band works now and they just kind of just go off and like they just they do amazing things that's and, super interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's definitely different. So it's like a different level of patience for us is we got to be patient with the kids. It's like, okay, they're crazy now, but they'll calm down later. Yeah, I think one thing, because as I'm like processing this as we're talking about it, I don't ever think about patience until like, like now. There's things that we do now that are patience. I just don't ever label it as patience. But mm. I think it's just something you do. Is it? Like yeah, that's just what it have is. To do. Exactly. And like, and I think a lot of that is choosing your battles. And I think it's it's funny sometimes. Like what you were, what it just reminded me because like you want your kids to love band, and so you choose to let them be a little crazy rather than being like, hey, chill out, you know. But like for me, um, 
like there are just things that are less important to me than others. And I think some of my kids will be like surprised because I find myself saying, yeah, and that's okay. A lot because the kid will be like, <laughs> um, well, so-and-so is doing this. I'm like, yeah, that's, a, that's fine. They're like, but why? It's like, cause I'm focused on this now. And they'll be like, oh, and the, they did, that's so foreign to them. And then I, I guess that's just an aspect of being patient that I didn't, wasn't thinking about. Yeah. Especially with sixth graders, I have to, I mean, I'll be in the middle of teaching a lesson and the kid's just like, I want to do this thing. And I said, hey, how about you let me run the class? <laughs> okay. Because I'm the teacher and you're the student. And then they get all like shut down and everything. I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. It's a great idea. I love it. But that's just not what we're doing right now. But in my head, I'm just like, <laughs> but like in the moment, I'm like, all right, bro. this, this, this yeah. kid is just trying to have fun. They yeah. don't get it yet. They will soon. And you just got to You just got to let it go. If I could count how many times a kid was like, can we do this? Or like, what if we did this? My answer is always like, you know, that's a great idea. Maybe next time or maybe later. Or I always say that and like whether or not I like actually get to it. But like that that pacifies them. My yeah. favorite thing is when I tell a kid, this is this note. And they're like, no, it's not. It's this one. <laughs> I just freeze and I tell myself, handle this well. <laughs> you could be very, very sarcastic with this kid who doesn't understand sarcasm mm. at all. That's hard. Or... You can handle it this way. And what I normally say is, say is, how long have you been reading music? And they'll be like, a couple of months. And, I'm, I, and then I'll ask them, guess guess how long I've been doing it? Longer than you've been mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. <laughs> like being a sarcastic, like because when you're learning how to be a teacher, every single human tells you, like, don't be sarcastic because kids don't get it. And like... That's the last thing you need to do. And if I, like, recorded what I did every day, I feel like with my older kids, sometimes I'm sarcastic and they get it and then they, like, respond to it. Or sometimes with my younger kids, I'm sarcastic and, like, that's at face value and they just don't understand. And I'll be like... Well, yep, and then we move on. But some kids, some kids, even in, like, third or fourth grade, they get sarcasm. And they'll, they'll throw it back at you. It's like, I was being sarcastic. And uh-huh. I was like, oh. Yeah. I so said, then there's those kids who think they know what sarcasm is and they don't. They don't. Oh, yeah. And then it gets awkward. I, yeah. I never say sarcasm. I just say like, oh, I was kidding. I was joking. I always end up saying that. I don't. I just don't say anything and they look confused and then they don't talk for a bit and we get more stuff done. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes the best thing to do is just ignore and then yeah. just like yeah. keep going on. Well, what I was going to, I forgot I was going to say earlier that really I think um, has recently been a cool thing for me to be more patient is I think meditation is a really cool thing. I think because I've downloaded an app headspace headspace yes i use that app too it's wonderful and um because like you can pick how many minutes you want to do it or even if you don't have any time because i don't have any passing period between my classes whoa yeah well i have like a morning thing that i cover another person's duty whatever and then i have three back-to-back classes and then i have a 
my lunch and conference together, and then I have three back-to-back classes. And so, I mean, sometimes a class will be like a minute late where I have like a minute to breathe, but most of the time I shove a class out the door and there's another class waiting for me. And so anytime I have any time like between, I always end up just standing at my desk, close my eyes, and take like five deep breaths, and that's it. And that, that like helps me like reset and especially on the like if I just had a really challenging class period and I know that the class I'm about to have is also usually a pretty challenging group I really try to just have like five seconds of like it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and even in the class time they they know that like if if I'm getting mad like they know me by now like they know if I'm getting frustrated, there's always some kid that's like, guys, stop, she's getting mad, or something like that. Yeah. And they see me go, before I talk, because I know if I just like say something, I'm going to say something that's not what I should say. So I always end up taking that moment, and it really helps. Or if I can get like a three-minute or five-minute thing from Headspace. Yeah. I think I that's did, really helpful. I did 15 minutes the other day. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. It's it's, really it's, it's really tough just to just sit there and just be one with yourself and your body and, like, yeah. figure. Like, because I realized when I, when I was doing it that if you, stand, if you stay still enough, you can feel every single it. part of of your body. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel your chin. You can feel your earlobe because most people, they don't feel it until like they touch it with like their, their fingers yeah. or their hand or anything. Like, but you can feel I love everything. it. My favorite part of like guided, guided meditations is when they say something like feel your weight touching the ground because you never think about what you're sitting on. Mm-hmm. Or like something, I don't know. That's like what you were talking about, how you feel everything. That's what like blows my mind sometimes. That's crazy. But I think like taking a second to breathe or just pausing and like I know as teachers we talk about wait time but just like time is the best friend of patience and I don't know if that sounded stupid as I said it but I think taking time before you respond is the best way to practice patience and that's something like as an elementary teacher I'm trying to actively teach my kids because like a lot of like myself and my teacher friends at school we notice a lot of these kids don't have coping mechanisms and they're not being taught how to to deal with things. Um, Not even just like big things like loss, but I mean, in general, if they're upset, like somebody cut in line, like that can, I have a couple kids that they're volatile enough that somebody cut in line and they're going to scream and cry and that's ruined their day. And that makes them get in trouble and then that makes them more mad and like it just goes crazy and it's like, you weren't bad, like it wasn't a bad situation, but now it's blown up into this something big one. And I, I'm thinking of this one specific student who, who is emo- very emotional that way. And we've, we have had some real talks. He's in first grade. So he's real young, itty bitty. And I tell him, I'm like, Hey, next time you're feeling this way, I want you to take some deep breaths like this. And I show him and then he does it. And I'm like, how many do you want to take? He's like five. I'm like, Okay. And he, and we did it. And I'm like, do you feel better? And he's like, yeah. And so then like later on, I took him to his teacher and I was like, Hey, tell your teacher what you're going to do next time you're mad. He's like, and he does it. And then like, I, I kind of expected him not to remember it next time I saw him. But then like after Thanksgiving break, he, I saw him upset. I was like, Hey, 
um, you know what you could do to make yourself a little less upset? He was like, Awesome. And it was awesome. And then afterwards, it's like, do you feel better? He's like, yeah. And so, like, I think just taking a moment is the best way to deal with things. And you see something something so simple like that is something we take for granted these mm-hmm. days. I mean, we all run into people in this profession or just, like, any profession at all. Like, they'll get to a point where they're 60-something years by age, but they're acting like a 10-year-old mm-hmm. in that moment right there. And you're telling yourself... Why can't they just think about what they're doing for a second, take a deep breath, Mm -hmm. and then just resolve the storm that's, like, in their mind. It's, like, just clouds and rain, and it's just making them feel super upset, which makes me think about just, like, friendships in general and, like, how we have, like, a bunch of friends and everything. But we do get to a point where the friendship gets tense because... One person doesn't understand where somebody else is coming from. And then you're just like, do I, do I give this time? Do I just let it settle? Do I let the air clear so that everything can be okay? So when we do talk about it, it'll be cordial and it'll be a good conversation. Or like, what like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, what do you do when the communication and the patience is only like a one-way street? And you don't like you don't know what to do. Yeah, I think I think it depends who the people are and it's like the way I would deal with you might be different the way I deal with Clark or like mm-hmm. the way I deal with you with anybody else. But I think like in some situations you just have to take into consideration what they're dealing with, but also like you need to like kind of like what I mentioned earlier, you need to be patient and let things breathe and let things have their time. But sometimes you have to be the catalyst to push them out of whatever is going on. Kind of like my kids at school, what I was talking about, like because some people are taking time, which is a good thing to take time and process whatever you're processing. But you can't stay there. You can't stay in a rut forever. So I think depending on the situation, I'm always a proponent of like, like talking about it and like really like trying to push forward with that with friends i think you've been quiet over there i have you've been real quiet which is weird (laughs) because park's normally not quiet (laughs) i've just been listening that's um man uh to me like that part of patience is just i don't know that has never been hard for me Mm-hmm. I feel like one of my stronger suits is being able to sit and listen to people. Like I don't have a problem helping, like just listening to someone or talking them through something. And maybe that's why you and I earlier were like, "This is such a good topic for Clark because Clark's so patient." Yeah. Well, and his but friend. hey, so let let's turn it around. Let's talk about something you're not patient with: trumpet. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And why do you think you're not as patient with trumpet than you are with other things? Well, what do you mean patient? Like, do you mean like, with other people? Well, I mean like with other people. I mean when you, with yourself you're when you're practicing and like how um, like you're not where you want to be and how do you handle that so that it doesn't become like a well, negative like pool of energy. With other people, um, it just depends. Like there, if if it's someone who 
naturally has a or like they they learned a great setup and stuff comes fairly naturally to them but they don't want to really work at it i don't have or um they i guess they don't need to and they're more okay with the level that they're at that becomes super frustrating for me because i feel like um I've had to work really, really hard to get to where I am, and I'm still nowhere close to where I want to be. Um, I think my playing, like, there, there's ups and downs in it, but it's, I, there's so much I have to work on, and I feel like I've hit a point where every single thing, um, like, everywhere that I need to get better is super uphill battle like nothing is coming naturally yeah and i I really i think i'm overthinking things and i'm freaking out a little bit and it's some of that like um like you know you go to college and you get so in depth about everything that you some like you just overthink things and it makes it harder than it needs to be today yeah so i i think that that might be part of it but um man the hardest thing and something I'm terrible at is being patient with myself um, because I, I, with um, being behind in my playing and having like, and working to where I am right now, I always feel like I'm playing catch up, especially with other people my age or people younger than me that um, were like came into college at a different area they're playing. Um, I feel like there's no time for me to be patient, which is absolutely counterintuitive. And well, let's just let's just give like an example. So Clark and I, we we're in we we're in the bottom band at Texas Tech, <sighs> our first semester, and we're just like, well, this is bad. We were and bad. We, like, we were that bad. Band, that we were, band was bad. Like, no, but like I listened back to those recording man, and like that was a stacked ensemble, and that was the third band. Like we actually sounded pretty decent. Really? Yeah, man. man. It was crazy. But I mean, then we got to senior year and we ended up being in the top ensemble. We're yeah. like, we were going on tours with TMEA and CBDNA and we're doing all this cool stuff, which we look at that and we're like, okay, we're not bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clark, we're not bad anymore. <laughs> I think it's so easy to just not give yourself the time, the patience that you give other people. And I think, like, I think. We're talking about personally now, but I think about my students because, like, you have different standards for each kid. Because I have some kids that are like, like you said, get things naturally, and some kids that don't. And so it's like some kids, it's a huge accomplishment when they get when they sing something right. But it's a huge accomplishment for their neighbor that if if they use their singing voice at all. So it's like the patience that I have for one person might be another. So I think. You, as people, we need to like allot ourselves the same patience we give, would give a student because you're a student too. I guess I think, for me personally though, I don't feel like I'm I ever get truly patient with myself. I feel like I get complacent, mm. and that's yeah. and that's a personal battle with myself. Like I haven't always been very motivated, and I haven't always pushed myself hard. And that was a change that I made pretty late in my high school career. It's something I still struggle with, and I guess I can't. I feel like I can't take my foot off that gas pedal, or I can't stop being a big critic, or I can't because I I cannot get complacent being where I am and doing what I want to do. Because at the end of the day, 
like if what I really want to do is go to grad school to play trumpet um, and like try to be a trumpet professor somewhere or play in a group or anything like that, um, like no one's going to be patient with my um, ability for a job. Like yeah. at the end of the day, you got to win a job. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's and true. It's like, true. sure. Am I miles and miles better than where I was four years ago? Sure. Yeah. I, I pl- could play circles around myself. And, um, I mean, I've had plenty of people tell me, and I am proud of it. Um, it's, but like, I've had plenty of people tell me like the point A to point B, I've come quite a ways, but like I, there's so much more to do and so much farther to go. It's one of the things I'm truly thankful to my professor, Dr. Stetson, for. Is, Shout out to Stetson. Shout out to Stetson. Is um, he was always very good about if he saw me in a negative mindset, keeping me positive, but never letting me forget about, like, I can't, like, just not letting me get complacent with myself. Yeah, and I think what will help you not be as complacent uh, complacent blah, blah, words um is just being more mindful about everything you're doing instead of just telling yourself okay if i end up being more patient then i'm just gonna get into the same rut the same routine where i just don't want to move on with anything else you just tell yourself okay i am just gonna think about everything i'm doing with a purpose and that that's just gonna be it it doesn't need to be this oh i'm climbing up a hill i don't want to fall down like so. Yeah, but for me, when you said that, like, um, if you give yourself patience, you feel like you're complacent. For me, if, if if I give myself patience, it's a lot of rationalizing. It's like, well, it's okay if I'm just doing this right now because of this. Or it's like, well, it's okay that I'm not getting this done because blah, blah, blah. And so, but I also think being complacent is is not, I don't think it's necessarily complacency. I think it's patience so next time you feel it's complacency it yeah. might just be well i guess you just gotta find like you gotta get you gotta get a list of like things that you rationalize saying hey it's okay for these things but you should have another list that balances it out saying hey but these are still the goals mm-hmm. these are still what needs to happen it just can't happen right now and i think for all three of us because like throughout this conversation we've kind of been like we've been doing this for so long and blah, 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 but we're not we're like 23 22 so it's like, well, I what I love thinking about in terms of our career or musicianship or whatever, it's like we just got out of college. It's like some of us aren't out of college. Okay, like, hey, no, 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 no. What two I weeks mean from is, today, man, we're <laughs> done. <laughs> no, I mean like I think about my mom, who was also a teacher, when she would say. Um, well, my first year of teaching or my second year of teaching, whatever. In my head, when I think about my when mom. I went, was I, when I was in Tanzania. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Dr. Oh, Hinnaker. Shout out to gosh. Dr. Hinnaker. But when they say. Shout out to Jenny Dees. <laughs> oh, she's great. Um, but like when teachers like that say that, and I know they've been teaching for like 20 years. It kind of It's kind of like a lifetime ago, but it's like we're going to be that way. We're going to be like, oh, I felt like I was like here when I was 23, oh, I was but now like blah, blah, blah. And so that just gives me so much hope because when I think about Clark, you and your trumpet, it's like, yeah, in the last four years you've come so far, but also it's like, you're, it's not stopping. 
this semester's felt like it stopped because you've been so busy. Uh, I've gone backwards. Yeah, maybe a little, but it's like, it's not like your journey's like this, or uh, I'm, it's a podcast. It's not like a like. She she made a, a slope, slope like a, a slope with your line. arm. Well, <laughs> 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 hey man, but like we can. It's really cool. We can look back at freshman year and be like, man, our school sucks. And now we can look at ourselves now like, oh my gosh, we're on a podium in front of a bunch of kids. And like we're teaching them how to do things that we've been doing not even like half our lives. And in four years, we're going to be like, oh, we were blah, blah, blah. You know, it's always going to be that way. And I think the part of the journey is like being patient for that next milestone that we get to look back for. Good deal. All right, I guess we're going to wrap up the conversation just like that. All right, guys, a couple of announcements before we go. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NAC Podcasts. Check those places out for interesting photos and articles about more spiritual and individual living. If you have a question for the Not Clone Podcast, you can go ahead and you can just post to the Twitter page and we'll like your response if we're interested in answering your question. And if you guys are willing, you can go to notaclone.com slash donate to donate to the podcast. Anything will help us create more content for you guys. That is all we have for you guys today. And if you leave with one message, I hope it's this. Don't be a clone of someone else. Be your own individual self. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.